This is an IELTS Energy Podcast, Episode 458, Three Surefire Ways to Increase Your IELTS Fluency. You are listening to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English. We believe in connection, not perfection, and we're here to show you how to get the score that you need on your next IELTS exam. Find out why our strategies are the most powerful in the IELTS world and get your free video masterclass at allearsenglish.com forward slash I-N-S-I-D-E-R. Now, let's get to the show. Today, you'll hear about three strategies that improve your English fluency guaranteed to put the examiner in that seven and higher frame of mind. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Jessica, how are you feeling today? Fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah. it's great. Um, I just took James to his like the spiciest meal that he's had in his life. We went to there's this restaurant in Portland. It's one of my favorites. It's called the Bollywood Theater. And so they show Indian movies on a like a huge screen on the wall. Mm-hmm. And you just like order street food from the counter and eat <laughs> off like metal plates and stuff. Oh, that's and cool. It's really cool. So I've been telling James about it for a while. And Yeah, so we had this big, like, Indian food feast, and he did really well. He got way into, like, most of the lamb samosa was gone. Like, he was doing so well, all this chutney, all this stuff. And then finally, he's just, like, he's, like, panting. He's like, Mommy, I can't, I can't eat anymore. (laughs) Because it's so spicy? Is that the, yeah, yeah, so spicy. the most spice he's ever experienced in his little life. (laughs) It's very intense, right, Indian food? We have a nice place here in Cambridge in Inman Square that's kind of a roadside cafe. And all my friends, I have, I've had a couple of good friends who are Indian and they would always go there. So that's how you know, awesome. right? That it's a good yeah. spot. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Good experience for a six-year-old. Yeah, that's great. I know. Uh, he's the best. We're, uh, it's so fun. Okay. Uh, so we are, we're being fluent about fluency today, guys. <laughs> 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 exactly. Exactly. Why does fluency matter on on the exam? I mean, what what is this all about, right? If we can just say the answer, why is that not enough? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's this idea of like and and I understand why this is puzzling. I mean, if I'm answering your question, why do, why do you need more than that, right? I mean, right. it's logical and natural and in daily life just mm-hmm. to give a three sentence answer to something. Um, and I get I get that, right? And sometimes native speakers do that on the test, and and then their score goes down. Mm-hmm. The fact, like, it's it is manufactured. It's not daily conversation, guys. You do have to fulfill scoring requirements, whether yeah. it feels natural to you or not, that doesn't matter. You still have to do these things if you want a high score. 
Right. Because like you said, even some native speakers, maybe they're like, I don't know, an engineer and they're not used to necessarily, they're not necessarily very verbal. That's a big stereotype sure. right there. But, but yeah. you know, let's say they're an engineer and they're just not wordy. They're just, like my brother. He does not really talk that much. He just thinks a lot, yeah. but he doesn't talk very yeah. much. So if he went into the IELTS exam, maybe he wouldn't get the best score because right. he would just give a couple of sentences and that's not enough. Exactly. And this is, and this can happen to even the most talkative person on test day because they're nervous and they just kind of shut down and give little tiny answers. Um, so guys, like learning these strategies, really thinking about each category. What is fluency? What is coherence? What is high scoring vocabulary? Like really breaking these down step by step. This is how you remind yourself, right? That you could control each of these things by knowing what's behind it, by knowing what the examiner needs to give you a high score. So we're focusing just on the fluency score today. Very cool. I love that. The more we know, the better we can do on the exam. So let's get into it. The more we know. The more uh, you know. <laughs> that's, what is that, like NBC that's, or something? Uh, I, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, it's definitely a trademarked phrase for one of the big media companies, I think. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what, I don't know what it is, which one, but it's, it's yeah, it is. <laughs> that's not just our one phrase, of those, guys, not our phrase. <laughs> not our phrase. It's one of those native speaker references that come up in conversation that, yeah. like, other people won't necessarily know unless, you know, yeah. you grew up in America. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> okay, here. Here's the first rule, guys, and this applies especially to speaking part one, is to keep talking. Don't keep going to the point where you're repeating yourself and losing coherence, but as we say, three to five sentences, that is your guideline for speaking part one. So, for example, if the examiner says, um, what are you studying at the moment? And maybe an English, uh, sorry, maybe a native speaker might just say um, Spanish. Just give like one word. That's not fluency. That's communication. Sure. Like you answered the question, but not in a fluent way. So what could be, how could we make that longer, Lindsay? What else can we say besides just Spanish? Yeah. So we could definitely go into the reason why we're studying Spanish, right? We could say I'm mm -hmm. studying Spanish at the moment because last year I went down to South America and I wasn't able to communicate with anyone. So I'm getting back yeah. to my goals of getting fluent in Spanish. Yeah. And you could give details about your current studies, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's easily accessible. Just talk about your schedule. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm studying Spanish three nights a week. I go to the local community college. Mm -hmm. um, it's a short uh, subway ride from my house. And I get to spend a couple hours with um, an amazing professor from Chile and um, my classmates who are from all ages and backgrounds. And we have a great time learning together. <laughs> I love that. I like the idea of running through the who, what, when, where, why in your head just real quickly if you're looking to add details. Is that, is that something that could help? Yes, this is actually something we teach our students in the course, guys. This is one strategy from the course that mm. has really helped our students gain fluency is to run through those question words in your mind, right? How do we think of details? Well, think of possible questions, right? Yeah. I'm studying Spanish. Who are you studying Spanish with? Where do you study? When do you study? Why are you studying it? Yeah, so if you kind of use this strategy, this really helps you come up with extra stuff to add. I love that. That's such a good framework. Love it. Um, and then another thing to remember, guys, and this actually also increases your vocabulary score, um, is to add adjectives and adverbs wherever possible. Be as descriptive as you possibly can. So like, 
instead of saying I live in an apartment, right? Um, what could we say? How could we add to that, Lindsay? You could say something like I live in an unbelievably small or unbelievably tiny apartment. Could say yeah. something like that. <laughs> Not small, tiny. Totally. Small, tiny, small, <laughs> tiny, little, minuscule, teensy minuscule. apartment. I think if we uh, don't be afraid of like sort of being redundant either with adjectives. I think this has happened a couple times where in our closed Facebook group, someone will post and ask like, how else can I say this? Like, what's a more impressive way to say this? And I always respond sort of like in extremes. If I'm feeling particularly verbose that day, I will <laughs> add just like a lot of adjectives and adverbs. And sometimes the student will come back and be like, but isn't that redundant? Like I can't say small, tiny, right? But but we can in speaking. You this can, is where yeah. we could play with the language and break the rules. Is sure. when we're like going to extremes in our description. Yeah, no, absolutely you can. I think it has also to do with tone of voice, the way we deliver that. You're not going to yeah. say, I live in a small, tiny apartment. I live in a small, tiny apartment, right? Totally. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. That makes all the difference in sounding like you know what you're doing. Because sure. if you deliver it in a mechanical way, like um, like you're searching for words, right? And you are you don't have a grasp on what you're saying. And mm -hmm. you're like, I live in a small uh, a a little a small apartment <laughs> then no. like that's not fluent but if we work. right so it's all in the delivery that's interesting Hey guys, Jessica here. More good news. Another three key student just got the scores he needed. An eight on listening, 7.5 in reading, 7.5 in writing, and an eight on speaking for an IELTS overall eight. If you want the same success that Ryoki just experienced, get into our course now. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash K-E-Y-S. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's so important. That's why, you know, listening to native materials is so important. Listening to native materials where people are putting life into their voice. Exactly. Yeah. And being able to mimic and copy that until you feel you can reproduce it on your own. Um, okay. So this third point is it's, it's related to point two, but expanded. So, this is something I've been working on with some of our students in, um, in the course, in our one-on-one -on -one lessons, the strategy of creating an image for the examiner, right? Like really exploiting the description. So if you're describing something real, right? Like a place or a person, call up an image in your mind and everything you are seeing in this image, you want the examiner to see as well. So describe every detail. What do you see on the walls? What do you smell? What do you hear? You know, like everything about this image, you want the examiner to see this too. So that really, that's a really good, like, overarching goal or motivation to to get you to speak more in your descriptions. Yeah. And we were just talking about before we recorded, I mean, how would we learn to do this, Jessica? Like, how can we, because not everyone is just naturally a storyteller, but how can we sure. become storytellers? 
<laughs> you know what? Okay, this is a side note. But for um, for uh, James' last day of kindergarten last year, the teacher made a special certificate for each student, <laughs> like according to their personality, and gave and gave them a candy bar um, that like went with that. So um, James got a certificate called uh, it was like the uh, the Whoppers certificate <laughs> um, because he's a good storyteller, and telling oh, cool. a Whopper is another way to like say you're telling a big story so that's just a little vocab thing okay so um (laughs) yeah there are three podcasts that come to mind guys that are really stellar examples of amazing storytelling so um the first one is the moth radio hour Mm. um and it's usually like three people right and they're on a stage and they're telling really personal stories usually do you do you often listen to that one i've i've actually had the book in the past i've read through the book a few times and um a guy was speaking from the moth at the podcast movement actually last week so yeah i've been in touch with it a little bit here and there cool yeah that's awesome. Um, two others that come to mind, guys. There's an NPR podcast called Snap Judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, uh, that's often related to, um, perceptions and stereotypes. And it's, yeah, it's fascinating. Um, and then the last one, and this isn't a common one at all. And I d- probably none of you guys have heard of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Love and Radio. It's sort of an experimental radio project and it's, it's cut together in really beautiful ways as far as um, like music and sound effects goes. Mm. And the storytelling aspect is like getting a whole bunch of different stories from people and piecing them together to tell one big idea story. You know, like it's, it's crafted really well and Mm. it is for mature audiences just, just, you know, as a warning, but (laughs) it's, it's not like there's not lots of swearing or gross (laughs) stuff. It's just, you know, it's just for adults. Um, But yeah, love and radio is fantastic. I love that. And guys, when you listen to these shows, these storytelling shows, don't compare yourselves to these people. These guys are native speakers or maybe just really high level speakers. It's just about gaining a few of the skills. Like, what is it like to describe a scene? You know, just right. listen, listen a few times a week and see what skills, that, skills you can build for the exam. Love that. I think this, I think these are especially useful as well for learning how to express our feelings. Mm. Um, culture dependent, maybe you, you're not encouraged to do that growing up. Right. Um, and maybe gender dependent as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe you haven't been encouraged to express your feelings. But fluency, gaining fluency, I think a, a large part of that, I think a really easy way to do that is learning how to express our feelings about any given subject, you know, and speaking part three, education, politics, right? And speaking part two, our best friend, a story we read, a current event. Mm-hmm. We can add stuff to any question by simply telling about telling our feelings or our opinions about something. So learning how to expand that, I think, is a really great go-to strategy for fluency for the exam, but also also just for personal growth. Yes, of course. I know. It's not just all about the exam. And then in the short term, it is. But then eventually you want to be able to, you know, listen to things in English and enjoy yourself and articulate what your ideas yeah. are, you know, in the new country exactly. that you're going too. So yeah, that's awesome. Exactly. (laughs) So guys, come back to the blog post for this. This is episode 458. Come back to IELTS.AllEarsEnglish.com. I'll put um, links to these podcasts that we talked about, as well as references to some of the other skills um, that we talked about in this episode. 
Awesome. So good. And if you guys want the complete step-by-step system, if you want to stop jumping around, guessing what you should be doing, you get our daily study plan. If you go, where just go, where should they go to get that? Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash K-E-Y-S. You could sign up for our basic plan that has everything you need, all the lectures, all the uh, practice tests, study plan, everything. Or you could also upgrade to the personal coach package, and then you get to have two Skype sessions with me, including a mock speaking exam, where that's really where the personalized strategies come in for fluency. Mm-hmm. I could hear where your strengths are, and I could encourage you on like this is easy for you to talk about. Try and do this more. You know, I think yeah. that's really helped a lot of people. Yeah, that's so key. That fits in so nicely after our students have done, have learned the basic strategies, the base strategies. You guys go through the videos on your own. You learn those strategies and then you come into the session with Jessica ready for some tweaking, right? Ready for mm-hmm. some customization. And when you put those two things together, it creates really high scores as we've yeah. seen. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Emma just got an eight and she said it was all because of that mock speaking exam, that confidence that she had. So yeah, I mean, it definitely works. Yeah, that's huge. (laughs) That is huge. All right. Very, very cool. And these are good new skills. I'm going to maybe sign up for one of these podcasts here. Subscribe to the mock or radio out. What radio hour? What is it? Love radio. Love Love. and radio. Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) All right. All right. I got it now. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Anytime. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Take care. Talk to you soon. All right, bye, bye. Thanks so much for listening to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English. And if you want to get tips from Lindsay and Jessica every week on how to get a seven on your next IELTS exam, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your computer or on your smartphone. Thanks again and see you soon.